0: Hi guys and welcome back, Jad. Hey. Hello, hello. See, I have a question I'm gonna propose to you right off the bat. What do you do with Erod? Because he's gonna opt out. He's gonna command a lot of money, especially after how he pitched again today. I mean, that's five straight starts now, one earned run. I mean, nobody's pitching better than him in baseball right now. If I'm the Tigers, if this team is still winning at the end of this month, I feel like you have to. You're forced to keep him and pay him next year. But I feel like. This team's sitting like in a weird spot where they're not good enough to buy, but they're not bad enough to sell. You might want to trade them off. I, I don't know. want to be that guy, but I think he's going to command a lot of money. You can get you a know. nice return of MLB-ready players because keep in mind this guy might be a Cy Young candidate at a trade deadline. So if this guy's a Cy Young candidate at a trade deadline, you're going to get a lot of good prospects. You're going you're not getting an Alavila return out of this. You're going to get a Scott Harris return. So I'm kind of in the spot where if you're in the position where you think you can make the playoffs, because like, like we're a middle of the pack team and being the middle of the pack in the AL central could make the playoffs. You know what I mean? You could win 88 games, and win this division. Mm-hmm. 87 That's very true. And win this division. So I'm looking at the Tigers right now. And if I think I have any chance at the division, I am keeping him on my roster. But I I don't think I have a chance at the division, or I think this will fall apart come September, I'm picking up the phones and I'm calling for MLB ready players. Guys that I don't even have to develop. I can just call up right away and say, yep, you're ready to pitch right away. We're we're ready to get you at second base. If we can do that, we've got a bunch of guys who can just come up right away. I I don't have a problem with moving E-Rod.
1: I don't know. I really think it's okay. So let's make this clear. It depends where we are coming towards the deadline and how Erod's pitching. Now we've seen a lot of ups and downs with Erod. This stretch he's had over the past few starts has been incredible. If he keeps it up, this is a conversation we'll have depending on where we are at the trade deadline. If we're just slightly over 500, you know, still about three to four games out of the AL central, I see us as competing. I see us as right there in the mix of things. Uh, if this happens, this is now my prediction. If this happens, though, we keep Erod. There's no question about it. We can't trade away our top starter at that point in the scenario we're in. Now, the far more likely scenario, we're looking at mid-July. We're 15, 20 games under 500, starting to slip down in the AL Central, 10, 11 games away from the lead in the AL Central. Then we can start to have the conversation of, okay, who, who wants Erod? Is he pitching well enough to get a return? worth sending him away for and there's a lot of question marks there right now sitting in early may i don't think i can confidently say what we do with erod come deadline time just depends on how he's doing and how the team overall is and are we still in the race in the central
0: i feel like we're gonna be in the pack like we're i I think we'll be like three to six games outside by mid-july
1: by all means if that happens
0: six games i'm feeling not feeling like i'm keeping him at that point but if you're within 3 4 games i i mean yep. you might want to go out there and grab a second baseman while you're at Me it too, too. Oh, I, I'm very impressed right now. You know what? It's actually fun talking about a team right now that nobody expected to
1: they're do playing anymore. good baseball.
0: They're they're playing good baseball, they're getting on base. Keep in mind, they're not hitting a lot of home runs, but they're just getting on base and bringing the runs home. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can ask them to do. You know what's gonna be crazy? The amount of pressure on Justin Henry Malloy when <laughs> he has to come up. Because they we literally did this four, right?
1: He's do you realize like,
0: they're literally saving him right now?
1: Oh, yeah, I mean. Before
0: when they're, like, ready to push for the division. He's
1: balling out with AAA right now. He's someone that, if when he comes up, he's going to be an instant starter now. He's going to have the growing pains that comes with, you know, a new player in the majors. But I feel like he's someone we're going to see come up before the September roster expansion. He's someone we're going to see come up kind of midway in the summer here when it's kind of that make or break point. You know, we lost a few games. We're trying to. Get back up there and get close in the central because this is a win streak now. We're going to have a slump coming up, just how baseball works. I feel like around then, mid-summer, we can see him come up and make an instant impact on this franchise. You
0: know, he's looking really good, and I've heard that I Madden's looking really good too in double A. What he's, he's
1: still got a bit in development. He's left. still we got a little bit of development,
0: either. but I heard he's looking really good yeah. in AA right now. Um, I'm just keeping my eyes on Malloy because right now he's batting 314. He has 37 hits in 34 games. That's pretty damn good. He has four home runs, 19 RBIs, and six doubles. So he'll be up soon. The expectations for him are going to be unrealistic when he comes up. Because oh. He's got this – super hot hitter from triple a the probably my guess is he's up by the end of the month
1: now do you remember um when nick castellanos was coming up from the minors The expectation yeah. that we have for him
0: yeah it's going to be a similar, similar experience just to, like that it's going to be like torkelson and green he's not going to come in and light it up off yeah, the bat
1: it, there's growing pains that come with that step from triple a to the majors and it's the biggest him as well. in sports oh in my- absolutely
0: like how, how many of these guys do we just see cycle through the MLB every year? I mean, you, you, you know, the stars, like everybody knows the stars. They don't really understand how many guys just cycle through the like guys you hear of for four games and you never hear of again,
1: coming up and down. You know, there's so many players who make it through the minor league system and it just ends at triple A for them. They don't have that ability to make it to that next level. And even on the good MLB teams, Even when the Tigers were good a decade ago, we still saw those, like, few game-type players or, like, guys that came up for a year and just didn't do anything for us afterwards. Like, Quentin Barry played for us for one year, designated for an assignment, gets picked up on waivers. I think the Brewers and starts playing a little bit there, but guys that are kind of one-year life cycles in the organization, but there's so much movement outside of those top stars in the league.
0: I'm just excited to just see how this plays out because right now it's kind of fun talking about them. It is. I didn't think it would be fun to talk about them all summer. There's hope. There's there's light to the end of the tunnel. I think fans are like seeing the parts that were supposed to come together last year are coming together now. You know what I mean? Like Javi, Torque, Erod, Green, yeah. they're all coming together right now at the well, right that
1: core of Javi and Torque finally figuring out at the plate.
0: And get yeah. out. Brad- Looking really good.
1: Exactly. It? And it's just Look, doing something so I did contagious.
0: not expect. Look, Torque's doing something I did not expect him to do. I'll just be completely real with you. This was the least of what I expected out of Torque. And I kind of just always saw him as like the six hitter of this yep. team. Now I can see him the way he's batting. He's starting to creep up more into, like, a potential star like he was supposed to be. I don't know what it is. Maybe they they just have a better hitting coach now that's gotten these bad habits out of these guys. Because there were a lot of bad habits on a lot of these guys last year. And it doesn't look as apparent this year. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, firing Cool Ball was probably the savior of the Hinch era. Yes. Because had he kept him one more year, I don't think Hinch would be in the job right now.
1: Nope.
0: So... I'm just looking at what we have in front of our face, and I'm just saying bring it on because right Honestly. now we are handling our business night in and night out, and that's all I can ask for. You're you're one game below 500. You're playing a solid Mariners team coming we up. Have,
1: that's going to be a tough series right there. Especially now with our rotation. It's Pittsburgh tough. following that up too. So this next five games here over the next week, they're going to tell us a lot about where we are as a team. After that, we can take a breath for a second. We're gonna have a lot easier of a schedule. We got the Nationals, the we got a few other, you know, Royals, White Sox, Rangers, who are also gonna be a tough one. Phillies, Diamondbacks. So we got a little bit of a stretch here, where I think these next five games would be really telling. If we come out win three out of these next five, I'm not saying sweeping the Mariners, losing against Pirates. If we win three of these next five games, I am very happy. These are a tough. This is a tough five game stretch coming up for us. And this is very tough. It's good, but you know what? It's a it's a chance for our guys to prove they're ready for this moment. And you're not going to have 162 easy games. We can say a lot of games look easy on paper, but you're not going to win all of those two. In the MLB, anyone can take a game off. The worst team can take a a game off the best team on their day. That's just how it is. And we got to get some wins of these next five games. These are going to be important you know what's
0: important to me? Uh, yeah. I, I, three's going to be – three's great, even if they go two out of the next five. Games, I'm two, okay. Man. Just because – I mean, two and three in those five games, it shows you that you're there. You can right. compete, yep. Pirates are first in their division right now. Now, they probably won't be in two months. It's probably – they're Pirates playing good
1: baseball. Team.
0: But they're a good baseball team. They're a 500-baseball team. The Mariners, that's a team that might be the sixth seed in the playoffs. Or be a seven eight. You don't know where they're going to finish, but they'll be very damn close to the playoffs.
1: I think they you are a playoff three, six, team. In my six, opinion, six.
0: I, I, I'm not even going to sit here and complain if they go two and three. Like I'll, I'll come mm-hmm. on the podcast. Fine, they took care of business enough where I still think they can push for the division because now you got your easy Definitely. stretch of like the Nationals, the Sox, and the Royals where you can pull you off
1: divisional them. play.
0: Right now, games count for two, so. I'm okay where we're at. I think we're heading in the right direction. And I think that these waiver wire pickups, that we're not even giving them enough credit for McKinstry and Banyas, I think he has a vision. Those guys don't just like pop up in your roster and perform right away if the guy doesn't know what he's doing. Because yeah. look at how many years it took for an Avila prospect to come up and do something. Wayne was the first one, really. First trade. It's it feels different. It feels a little different. Because he's pulling these guys, and they're coming up, and they're doing their job right away. And, hey, Badu looks better. Like, Badu actually doesn't look bad anymore.
1: Everybody's kind of – So, I'm really interested. So, we've seen that he um, Scott Harris can make these trades. So, let, let's see how the player development side of things goes here. So, that's one thing that our franchise has really struggled with over the past Few years picking so high. I mean New
0: Years every year in the history of this last strength.
1: 10 let's, let's say at least 25 since, years. Since we have the farm system that we've developed over the past decade, just talk about recent history here. Guys like my school manning, all these guys that at this point, Manning not Manning, I'm um, is a 2018 draft guy. Look at other guys in that 2018 draft, they're starting on a daily basis. Mize, you know, his injury is not his fault. But even before he was injured, he was not lights out. He was not pitching like an ace. He was pitching like somebody that is going to be a three-starter, maybe a high two-starter at best in his career. Our develop, We have not been developing these high-end prospects into being high-end players for us. We can't let that keep happening. We can't let someone like Joe be these last few, because realistically, we're not going to be picking top five much anymore as we get deeper into the rebuild process. These guys that we picked really high in the draft, need to develop to be high-end players for us.
0: Well, you you want to know an issue? This isn't even just an Alaville issue. This was a Dave Dombrowski issue. This was Mm an issue before Dombrowski was here. This has really been an issue since the 80s. This team hasn't been able to develop a prospect from the ground up. Outside of a few names, I'm going to list like five names of guys. You want to hear them? Let's hear them. Curtis Granderson, Justin Verlander, Torkelson, Green. Now, I'll give ball five. I'll give him five. He's had five guys come up in the last, what, 40 years that have actually been good MLB players. This is an issue that's dated back to the 90s. This isn't just an issue that's been today. Like We've had this issue where Dombrowski was spending money to win games. He wasn't developing from the ground up to win games. This team has never really developed a prospect from the ground up no, nope. have that little of like a history of guys that have came up from the ground up. You've really got to look at it and be like, well, this is an organizational is- issue. This is an illage issue. This was a Mike issue as well. Sorry. I'm calling out Mike because they didn't develop anybody when he was here. He just spent money in one. This has been an illage issue since they bought the tigers of they cannot find the a developmental system. And I mean, maybe that's changing with Scott Harris. But I've always felt like all the Dombrowski people were employed under a veil. law. So all the same issues that were under Dombrowski that he was covering up with hundreds of millions of dollars every year spent. All of a sudden, when they stopped spending the money, all those issues were just screaming in your face of what the Tigers organization was really like from the bottom.
1: Think like, about all those busts like that we've had, like guys that should have been developed to be. All these guys that were so highly talented, like Stephen Moya, someone like that who's like, oh my God, six, seven outfielder. Like Aaron yeah. Judge, type build just nothing, just disappears. I mean,
0: there's so many of them. Jacob Turner, I mean, that was a great trade. There we go. Another one. But like, that guy was like supposed to be the next furlaner in our system. Yep. And he never even did shit in the MLB. Castellanos, we kind of developed from the ground up, but like really, he wasn't that good until he left here, I'd say. I don't know. I I never felt like he was that amazing as a tiger.
1: This he was team is somebody who was a one overall prospect at all. For no, me.
0: they've they've had an issue of developing guys, and it just amplified when the money wasn't being spent. All the issues, and maybe Scott Harris cleaned the mm. house and brought in his own people. I hope that's the case.
1: I hope so. Too.
0: This this is an illage issue. This is like the Forts. Forever with with their developmental, it's kind of the same thing with the Tigers when you really think about it. But I just want to move into a little bit about the Lions, and I just want to say, don't you just think that this team might be our best roster of all time? Like current
1: Lions, okay.
0: This, this of team, all time. Would you take it? Here's a question for you: Would you
1: take this team over the 2012 team? Over 2012, absolutely. Over the 2014-2015 team, I'd really have to stop and think about it. Okay, think okay. about the talent on that 2015 roster. So our offensive of talent now, Jared Goff, Jameer Gibbs, um, David Montgomery, Amonor St. Brown, J Mo. Now on Aubrey that
0: 20,
1: Marvin, I'll give Marvin Jones two. Top three over young two. Matthew Stafford. You got Reggie Bush just signed to that big deal. That was that year, I believe, we signed Reggie Bush. And he was supposed to be really good. I mean, we could talk about coaching all day, but on paper, that roster, Matthew Stafford, Reggie Bush, Megatron. And the biggest part, my one of my favorite Lions of all time, Golden Tate in the slot. That offense was so much fun to watch. You could not defend anyone on that team. And I believe Anquan Bolden was wide receiver three or four on that team as well, or about 2016 maybe. But okay,
0: Jack, so I have a question for you. I'm going to go position by position. You're going to tell me what team you're taking, okay? All right. 2015 Stafford, 2023 Golf. I think that's even – you really can't make a decision on that right
1: now. I lean Stafford. Okay, I lean Stafford I'll lean Stafford. Stafford fair. I'll lean
0: Stafford too. Fair, fair. Run game, I'm taking this run game.
1: Okay, I agree. But Favers, let's remember, let's remember, the O-line on this team is very different than O-line on that team. Right, right.
0: Let me get to that. Let me get to that. O-line, I'm taking this O-line light year.
1: Any day. It's not Any even day. close. Like this
0: this line is probably the best line we've had in our lives.
1: We're a top five unit in the league for sure at O-line.
0: Right. Okay, so I'm clearly light years taking away this line. Receivers, I'm going to give the edge to Calvin because
1: it's uh, Calvin. And it's Green. Megatron. Yep. I'm on run.
0: I'm getting us tight on now with this year.
1: Oh, yeah. No, Ebron. That was the Ebron year, yeah? That was, that was Pettigrew. Pettigrew was a 2013 first or 20. It was both of them. It was Ebron Pettigrew.
0: I take was first. Right and, and Zylint, whatever Zyrinsky, and
1: yeah.
0: Stira. Look, I'm taking our offense this year over that offense though, because I like our old line. I value old line. Like you, you, if you know me, I value our lines bigger than any position.
1: Absolutely. Receivers,
0: our receivers, okay. Yeah, you have the best receiver of all time out, Calvin Johnson, your second best. But... You can debate me on that all day. But Calvin Johnson, top two receiver of all time. But this receiving course just as deep.
1: That team, though, was built off the defense.
0: Oh, great. So, okay, let's go defensive line. I'm going to give DTs. I'm going to give it to that. that oh,
1: Dominic looking Sue, Nick Fairley.
0: I'm giving it to those guys. Edges, I'm going to give us the edge rushers.
1: I'm going to give them the edges, unfortunately. Really? Do you remember Ziggy Onsa that year?
0: I don't care. James Houston A. and Hutchinson are going for crazy
1: seasons. I hope so, but – I think that that D line worked together in a unit so well, where you really could rush for most most downs. Where this we do have some more pressure with this unit right now. And Devin Taylor, I think, was another guy on that yeah. line. Um, those four guys were great together. And this is not to mention the secondary of that team, the linebackers of that team. That D secondary,
0: side, I'm giving this team the secondary edge. Really? Yes. I think they got so much better back there. I don't think you understand. You're not going to see it until the first game, but I don't think fans understand the impact difference we're going to see back there. Like we're going to go from like 31 32 in pass coverage to like top 10, I think.
1: We did we did invest in that area. I mean, I think we, like we said, steel of the steal of the draft, Brian Branch is going to be great for us. No Akuda, that's that. I was I was really gonna hope to see another year of Akuda developing for us. Well,
0: I you have playmakers everywhere, dude. Like, this isn't just like a secondary guys that are just gonna swap passes down and break them up, right? This is a secondary Jad that you're looking at. That's like holy hell. Cj can pick you off. Yeah. Kirby can pick you okay. off. Mosley can pick you off. Sardan can Walker's pick you back. Can pick you off. Branch can pick you off. Everybody back there is a playmaker. There's not mm-hmm. many secondaries in the NFL that's just built off of straight playmakers.
1: Those and are all guys
0: that like are momentum switching players.
1: That's what we're evaluating right now: is those playmaking type players there that you know when you need a big play, you're down in the game late. These guys that can make or can make you big plays, but also reliable in coverage. Guys that it's not a boomer pu- boomer bust type guy like um, Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon. Trayvon Diggs always gets burned, but he makes up for having, like, oh, he's leading the league in picks. I don't want to see somebody that has 13th picks, but he's consistently getting burned, consistently get, getting targeted for deep balls. These are guys that I believe can be reliable enough in coverage while also still being playmakers.
0: Look, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think they're all very good defenders. They're all premium players at their position. Look, they did something this offseason that I thought was going to be impossible. I didn't think they'd fill that many needs up. They This might be – you know why I think this team's probably – I I take this team more importantly because they're deeper, I feel like. I feel like
1: mm-hmm.
0: something that we didn't have that year was a whole lot of depth at a lot of positions. Like, they were good. I think they were very top-heavy on players. Like, that that wasn't, like, an all-around good team. Like, your offense was Stafford and Calvin. Everything else on that yeah. offense, you can kind of just ignore. And they were all background noise. Even like they Golden when he was with Calvin Johnson, he was background noise until Calvin left. So like, well, everybody on that offense, it was, it was a two man show.
1: You were in a And the O-line sucked.
0: And the O-line sucked, right? The second, and you look at the defense. Yeah, the defense carried and Yeah, we had really good defenses, but We can't see – there's no definitive answer, in my opinion, on what defense is better until these guys hit the field. Yes, that's true. There's no definitive answer. Now, on paper, they're about even. I'd say the secondary is substantially better on this team than that team, but I think the D-line of that team is better than the D-line we have right now. Fair. Linebackers, definitely they have the edge in 2015. Oh, yeah, they
1: definitely
0: have the linebacker. And Levy, they have the edge there. And this is just on paper. We have a top four secondary in the league right now with with top three edge rushers, young edge rushers. We have the best young edge rushers in football. I think there's a lot to look forward to. And I think there we can talk all we want this offseason about this team. As long as they win a postseason game, we're not even having this conversation about 2015 or this team in eight months. So we want to know what conversation I want to have. Noah Kim really going to be a starter at Michigan State football. I'm not trying to it, bash the kid or anything, but uh, well, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is Rocky Lombardi, but maybe worse.
1: We're looking at a dark season. I, I don't see very dark. I season. don't see what to be excited about. Like, what is there on this team? We you can tell fans, hey, you're going to see this guy in the field. Buy season tickets. Be out there at Spartan Stadium. There's nothing to be excited right now for MSU football and. I expect to see a step up from the O-line a lot, but I don't think that's going to be enough to make up for, quite honestly, a MAP quarterback. I don't think Noah Kim is Big Ten quality. and I, You know, I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope we look back at this. I want to
0: eat my words just as much as you. I
1: hope we look back at this in eight months. Oh, my God. Noah Kim was, you know, comp- throwing for, like, one of the, being one of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten. It's not going to happen. He's going to be an average quarterback, and – I don't know scheme wise what we're gonna do to make up for really not having that much talent in the field. Trey Mosley, great wide receiver one, but can he really is he be really that? a wide
0: receiver one on a winning big not. team? He's no. not, but he's gonna he's be wide receiver three. one
1: this year. Keon Coleman's gone. He's I not he's not kind of bad at the portal. He, I know. I, it sucks. It blows. But that's a new era of NIL in college football.
0: Well, Hunter Dickinson with Michigan basketball is another one. We'll get to that yeah. too later. We'll get to Hunter Dickinson later because I have not talked about that yet. Good. I'm glad we're talking NIL. Okay. But anyways, I just want to say, look, it's the new game. It is what it is. The thing is you have to get with the program for Mel Tucker. Like yeah. you, you have to, at this point,
1: you got to bring because someone in.
0: You lost your quarterback, which I think was his fault. I don't know what happened. I'm not going to sit here and like make things up. But if I had to guess, he would my guess is, is that he made it a quarterback competition when there really shouldn't have been. When Payne Thorns. Ooh. I think that would piss Peyton Thorne off. Granted, now he should have just backed him after the after the, the spring game because he was clearly the best out of the three. But did Thorne earn it? No, 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 no. Listen, he wouldn't back him after the game, even though he was the clear best quarterback. That is Tucker's fault. If that's the case, if that's why he transferred, that is a self-inflicted wound by Mal Tucker that we really. Should really start opening their eyes and looking at this program and being like, this program's no better than they were when he took over four years ago.
1: They really aren't. Unfortunately. But let's remember this the spring practice, that's one get one practice. The whole spring, maybe Thorne did not show enough to really be enough for Mel Tucker to confidently say, this is my guy. This is QB1 going into the summer, going into fall camp. Payton Thorne is QB1. I don't think he got enough to say that from spring practices. I think it was very clear after spring practice that it's an open competition. Kim's still in it. Um, Hauser's still in it. But I, if Thorne was really quality enough to be far and away, the QB1, I don't think Mel Tucker would have scared him off and had him essentially go in the portal. I, I don't buy into that. I really think you that, don't think
0: so because that that's just my theory. No,
1: that's I think that theory. Thorne clearly did not perform to what Tucker expected or wanted of somebody to be clearing away the QB one starter in the Fair spring. Way. I'm not, so, not going
0: to argue that, but look, 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 I don't.
1: This is going to be
0: a disaster. I I don't think fans understand how bad no, it's be until opening that uh, opening kickoff against. Central. It's going to
1: be rough. That central game might be rough. That central game might be
0: a loss. I'm not even joking on that. Like. like it, I, I'm looking at the game. I'm not feeling good about it. And being a Michigan State fan and being an alumni there, like you should not be worried about no. Central Michigan. weekend. do you one. remember
1: 2018 when they yes. played Central? I think it's gonna be a lot like that scoreline. You know, like a less than less than two score game. I think we could see a less than one like a one score game here versus Central. I wouldn't be shocked if Vegas made it like a five point game. It might be a five and a half point spread. I, I can't imagine us dominating that game we just have we're so lacking look at the tigers we are so lacking talent on both sides of the ball right now and when people said about brantley coming back for, for he what like, amazing. he had the one play against michigan and i guess, i think he had a pick six, against, pick six against ohio state as well like these are guys that have struggled for us for the past couple of years third year might take a big step up honestly i don't know I'm not into spring practice I don't have to any I don't have any way of seeing this, but there's not much to be excited about right now for m s u football at all. There's not much that we can really say to make us want to watch games like of course, I would have watched all the games, but I don't know it just doesn't feel right right now,
0: and it, you know what just doesn't feel right about it It's just like how good Michigan is now. I know like who would have thought man Keep getting better you know, for him who would have thought? I mean, at that point, there were Michigan fans calling for Harbaugh's life, man. Like, and they end up giving him just one more year. Can you imagine had the AD just fired Harbaugh after COVID, So, you know what, we're gonna move in a different direction? Can you imagine if that happened, where Michigan would be right now? It I been- wish it happened. <laughs> I wish it did too. Look, I think Harbaugh will leave at some point. It's not he's not gonna be there for life. He wants to go up pro.
1: Every year, the NFL rumor comes up. One year will actually happen.
0: One year will happen. Somebody's going to bite. But look.
1: It's been listen. so close these past couple of years.
0: Oh, so close. Look. You, oh, okay. Hunter Dickinson for a second. This is interesting. See, this is the new game of college basketball. They're going to yeah, get paid Look, can you blame the kid? Let's be real. No, I mean, you're getting an extra $100,000, man. Most people will take a $5,000 a year raise. This kid got $100,000. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I, I'm not even trying to be like an asshole here, but if you got a $100,000 raise and you've accomplished nothing at the school you were at or nothing at the job you're at or the company is going nowhere. Think about this way. Think about you like you're an office worker, right? You're working for this company. And another company offers you $5,000 a year more and you have more benefits and it's a better co- quality company. And they call you and they said, Hey, we want you to work for us. Would you not be like, well, okay, I'm okay. out, right? Like if, if, if I'm Hunter Dickinson, I'm like, well, I'm getting a hundred thousand extra NIO money. I'm playing for Kansas, fucking Kansas, bro. I'm playing for Bill Self instead of Jawan Howard. So my boss is so much better than the boss I have right now, the boss that gives me stupid work to do every day. Now you have a chill boss who's going to win you a national championship. Now you have sure. a chance to roll live. If I'm Hunter Dickinson, you, you cannot blame the kid for leaving. I'm sorry. I, that much money, you can't blame it.
1: I get that, but here's my issue. I think this is an issue with NIL more than anything. I have a lot to say on this, but NIL should never, never be your recruiting tool. It should never be a way to get guys to commit. And the fact that Hunter Dickinson went out and said, oh, a big part of why I left Michigan is because i was making less than six figures. I believe a quote that was hovering around a 70K, now he's making way more at Kansas. The fact that that's, to me, I look at that, that's the Kansas Athletic Department using NIL money, shoving this big number in his head saying, this is what you'll make being here. That's recruiting using NIL. That's a problem. That's that's not what college basketball Dad. should be. Dad, I'm problem. laughing.
0: I'm laughing. But do you not think he was just doing this before or the money bag man behind closed doors? Seriously, doesn't Look, it's Bill Self? I mean, seriously, it's Bill Self. It doesn't matter. Like he was doing this well before this happened. Now oh, it's legal, and he's just doesn't cool. make it okay. I'm just saying, it's Bill Self. It's, he's done this forever.
1: He's never been clean. a big problem with NIL. If you can recruit through it. It should never be a thing that you can kind of float a bag in someone's head and say, hey, commit here for this money. That's never how like that's not when college sports were created. That's not how it's intended to work. It's been happening under the table forever. The Tennessee McDonald's bag stuff. But it shouldn't. And the fact that it's public now and players are so open about it, that's a problem to me as a college basketball fan.
0: I agree. But also Wasn't that March is so fun with just like... It's awesome. most random... It's made it... Okay. This is my opinion on the portal. It is wrong that these guys can leave every year of the school they pledged to go for for four years. A lot of these players are using their their schools as stepping stones, which is something they were not doing five years ago. Mm -hmm. They're using... Central Michigan as a stepping stone to go to Auburn. You know, yeah. what I mean, they're using these, these, these schools as stepping stones and these, these D one players that are like four, four stars. that just don't have work ethic who are lazy as hell. They don't want to, they don't want to battle in practice. So they don't touch the floor. They, they take the easy way out. They transfer, they go to a school like central Michigan or Eastern Michigan they average 20 points per game and then they transfer to a big school after that year because, hey, now I can just start at the next school I go to. I don't even have to work in practice. I don't have to work. I just averaged 20 points per game at Central Michigan. But, hey, now Auburn's calling my phone, and I'm playing at Auburn, averaging 15 points per game. And I have no work ethic. I still have no work ethic. I'm lazy and took the easy way out to get back to where I need to be. That's what a lot of players are doing. You yeah. see it. And you're, you're seeing it in March Madness, right? These guys that were four-star recruits, at Penn State, these four-star recruits at four state. You know what I mean? These guys transfer to mid-majors. They show why they were four stars. And they go deep in the tournament because they showed why they were four stars. And then they end up right where they need to end up to begin with. But they it, it's just it's lazy. I see it as lazy. The portal's the easy way out.
1: Mm-hmm. It it is. And it's it's free agency. It's free agency it in college sports. And you know. It's created some great moments for MSU, I mean, Kenneth Walker. I mean, right. without the transfer portal, that 2021 season never existed for us. And in some ways, it's great. It's just something we, the governing board of college sports, NCAA, sitting down with some schools needs to look at and find out a way we can still have a way for players to transfer, not have to be screwed when they transfer, but make it be, it needs to be on a level playing field. Now, this is kind of going to NIL, too, but NIL is very dependent on state-to-state laws, and a lot of teams are operating on a different set of rules as other teams, just because current legislation, it's just there's not enough of a national standard as far as NIL laws go. So certain teams are, like teams in Alabama, are planning different rules versus teams in Michigan, just because the way the state laws are, they have more luxury of being able to do this as far as NIL and essentially help themselves in the transfer portal.
0: Yeah, I agree. Chad, thank you.
1: Thank you so I much for having me again. Tigers. Tigers beat let's off go. Their series
0: tomorrow against second the second place. Look, or not tomorrow, they're off tomorrow. But on Friday, they got a three-game series yeah. against the Mariners. Um Rams. enjoy this off day tomorrow. I enjoyed oh, yeah. that game today again. So I will see you guys again. Friday, Grant's hopping on Fridays, I'll see you guys then.